Hello world. Welcome back to my one-person podcast, The Bible Abridged. Today's episode is brought to you by BigBadHangover.com. It's a hangover cure that actually works. One quick thing before we get started. This episode contains some serious violence against women, uh, both sexual and otherwise. So be warned that it can be triggering. Judges 17. Now this guy named Micah lived in Ephraim and either stole some silver from his mom or... She had some silver stolen from her, and he stole it back. It's kind of unclear. Well, some of the silver got turned into an idol. That idol ended up in Micah's house. And it's not too clear to me why any of this needed to be written down. Then a priest came by, and Micah let him stay with him. Judges 18. Well, this part continues to mention that in these days, Israel didn't have a king. Samson wasn't much of a leader, seeing he spent all of his time banging Philistine women and beating people to death, but at least he was something. Now they had nobody in charge, and people just started going fucking nuts. So a bunch of descendants from this guy named Dan decided that they deserved their own piece of land, and they figured that they would just go and explore that region that Micah was staying in and take it for themselves. Well, these guys came across the priest from earlier and asked them vaguely if their mission would be successful. The priest assured them that God had told them that they were good to go. I'm sure it had nothing to do with the regular guy telling a group of five people whatever they wanted to hear. Well, these five guys went back to the leader and said, Okay, let's attack them. Their land sucks. We should take it. So the descendants of Dan decided to raid Ephraim and take over its shitty land. They built up an intimidating army of 600 people, smaller than the army that Samson had previously beaten single-handedly, and they marched into Ephraim. For some reason, Micah's house was a central part of this whole conflict. And this army of 600 men just stormed into Micah's house and convinced the priest to steal Micah's silver idol and leave himself. Then they went around stealing children, livestock, and other possessions from all his neighbors. Well, as soon as they got a little bit away, Micah and his neighbors built up their own armies and went to go challenge these assholes. When Micah and his neighbors arrived, the Danites asked him, What's the matter with you, coming to fight us? Micah was like, Because you stole from us. The Danites replied, Fuck you. If you keep arguing with us, we might just get angry and kill your whole family. Micah had apparently not thought this through um, and decided now it's time to skedaddle back home. And then the Danites went to a neighboring city, burned it down, and rebuilt their own city there. They named it Dan, after Dan, from whom they were descended. Judges 19. And we mentioned again here that at this point Israel had no king. Now we follow around an unnamed Levite character to sex slave. He had a sex slave from Bethlehem, but she was unfaithful to him. Is it morally wrong for a sex slave to be unfaithful? Can a sex slave even technically be unfaithful? Why are we worrying with morality the sex slave herself and not the Levite? I'll tell you why, because the Bible hates women. Well, anyways, this sex slave decided to move back with her parents, and this guy came back to retrieve her, along with a couple of donkeys and other slaves. Now, it kind of goes back and forth between calling her his concubine, him her husband, and her father his father-in-law, so it gets a little confusing. But the father-in-law kept the guy there longer and longer, convincing him to have just one more meal before leaving again, and then convincing him to sleep just one more night after dinner. This lasted five days, but the man finally decided he had to leave and took his sex slave with him, along with his donkeys and other non-sexual slaves. They were going to stop in Jerusalem, but he decided he didn't want to risk spending the night around people that weren't descended from Israel, so they trekked on to Gibeah. When they got to Gibeah, they hung out in the main square until some old man offered up his place to them. He fed them, took care of his donkeys, and everything was going perfectly well. Until... A mob of men came to his house and shouted, Hey, old man, bring that fucking traveler out. We want to gang rape him. Seems like we've heard this story before. 
Well, the man did the same thing that Lot did and tried to offer up his virgin daughter to the mob, saying, just rape the shit out of my daughter. Do whatever you want. You can rape her to death and also this guy's sex slave, but don't rape the guy because that would be gay. The men just kept beating on the door and moaning and hollering and every other godforsaken noise. And finally, the unnamed Levite decided the best course of action was just to throw his sex slave out to these men like a stake to a pack of wolves and hope they'd leave him alone. These men raped this poor girl all night long, just beating the shit out of her and abusing her until the sun came up, and then they decided to disperse. This poor girl stumbled back to the house where her master was staying and just collapsed and died right there at the doorway. This horrible Levite yelled at her for a while before realizing that she was fucking dead, and then he begrudgingly put her on his donkey to bring her back to his house. When he got back home, he chopped her up in 12 pieces and milled one to each tribe of Israel for some reason. I mean, I know it was to get them to unite and stop the chaos, I get that, but I feel like a letter would have sufficed. You could have given this woman like a proper burial, but whatever. I'm not the kind of guy who would do any of the stuff in this story, so I guess no one cares what I think. Judges 20. Well, everyone in Israel went absolutely nuts over the story of the sex slave that had been raped to death and united to bring these men to justice, forming an army of 400,000 men. They said, hey, we are going to bring these men to justice. And by justice, I mean they were going to kill them or wipe out the entire city of Gibeah. The city of Gibeah decided that not only was there nothing wrong with what these men did, but they were willing to fight and die for the right to do it again. So they mobilized 26,000 troops of their own, along with 700 shepherd sling snipers who could sling a stone at a hare and not miss. Which is pretty impressive, I suppose, but 26,700 soldiers against 400,000 soldiers probably won't work out too well. well. There's more discussion as to which tribes should go first and whatnot, but eventually the fighting started. The first day they sieged Gibeah and the Benjamites, which was the tribe that lived in Gibeah, came out and slaughtered 22,000 Israelite soldiers without suffering any casualties of their own. Apparently, a lot of soldiers were just kind of hoping their presence would be enough to make them surrender, but it didn't. So they had come to terms with the fact that they were about to go to war with their fellow descendants of Israel, which is harder to do, apparently, than to fight for your right to go raping people to death. Well, luckily for everyone, good old God came out and said, Yeah, go fuck those Benjamites up. The next day... Oh, wait. The Benjamites slaughtered 18,000 more Israelite soldiers. Well, this made everyone start freaking out, and then good old God came back and said, Oh, well, tomorrow I'll help you conquer them. The third day started in the, about the same way, and the Benjamites slaughtered a bunch of people. But suddenly the Israelite generals came up with a plan, which was to split their army up and have them attack from different sides, while still acting like they were doing a full frontal assault on Gibeah. The Benjamites were confident that they were doing great, until they turned around and realized their entire city was burning to the ground. And all the women and children that they left behind were just being fucking slaughtered. So the Israelite army circled the Benjamite army and slaughtered all of them. Then they wandered through the Benjamite land and killed every single person they came across and burned every town to the ground. Judges 21. Because all the women of Benjamin had been slaughtered and no other tribe was about to let them marry any of their daughters, the remaining Benjamite men proved themselves to be just awful yet again and started kidnapping girls from local communities and forcing them into marriage. Then they went and rebuilt their country with their kidnapped wives. The book ends by saying, In those days Israel had no king, and everyone did what they saw fit. And that is the end of the book of Judges. What a fucking insane book it's been. I'll be back soon with the book of Ruth, and until then, order some hangover care from BigBadHangover.com, and rate me, and subscribe.